everybody. Welcome to Floating in Space. I am Martian UFO, and thank you for joining me again for uh, a sunny Tuesday afternoon here. Um, about to dive into a pretty contentious topic. I appreciate all the listeners for being here. Thank you for being active, for showing support. I appreciate it. And let's just dive into it. You know, today I was um, hoping to speak about SARS. The SARS protests happening in Nigeria and just kind of shedding some light on that situation, doing my part to uh, bring attention to it by speaking and doing an episode about it and hopefully um, uh, giving info to people that didn't know about it, giving some more info, kind of giving the background of what's happening and why um, they need some focus right now as well in Nigeria. Um, so let's get into it. I kind of have um, all different kinds of articles here in front of me. You know, I spent time reading them and looking into them uh, so I could understand what happened. But um, we're going to go back to October 15th. So we're on October 20th now, October 20, 2020. So that's uh, must be a significance to this day. Hopefully everybody's having a good day with um, the the triple effect of the uh, the triple two you know, multiplied in the, the day, and hopefully that's adding to your day, hopefully everybody's having a good day, and got their head up, and things of this nature, but anyways, um, so back on October 15th, an article was written talking about the young Nigerians rising up to demand a different kind of freedom, because what I'm going to speak about, and basically what's happening in Nigeria is uh, mainly affecting the youth, youth ages uh, 18 to 24, the millennial um, group, and um, let's see. Sorry, I just had a little distraction here. So mainly affecting that group, young people. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I read a statistic. St- statistic. That word's always going to be hard for me. Frick. Um, I read a stat, sorry, that said that I think Nigeria's population is made up of about 60% youth. Anywhere from 50 to 60%, like almost half of the whole country is all young people. So basically, um, they're already in a situation where um, the decisions that come out of government, things that happen um, in municipalities and th- stuff like that, it affects the young people the most because they're the biggest group. So let me, uh, let me start reading this for you guys to kind of back up on what happened, hopefully to bring some light again, to shed some attention to this, and hopefully everybody... Um, appreciates that. Hopefully people go and uh, look more into it and kind of help out with the different initiatives that are trying to do something about the SARS protests because I know that some things happen. We're going to get into um, uh, what the aftermath, was, what the result kind of was of the protests, what the government in Nigeria did, and, you know, the change of SARS to SWAT is the new acronym now, but I'm pretty sure that nothing has really changed. They're still doing the same things. So, um... Yeah, let me get into it. Two days after Nigeria celebrated its 60th year of independence this year, 2020, a video of a young man brazenly killed by a member of the notorious Special Anti-Robbery Squad, so that's what they stand for, that's what SARS is, caught the attention of uh, netizens. Uh, Anyways, the Twitter user who posted the video claimed the man's body had been left at the side of the road and his Lexus was stolen. So that's going to be important. Why would they kill him and leave his Lexus stolen? Um, 
and it was a viral video. So the, vir uh, the video went viral pretty quickly, obviously after seeing somebody die on camera, right? Uh, it sparked a wave of protests across more, uh, most of Nigeria's urban metropolises under the moniker hashtag NSARS, which is, you know, if you want to, I guess, kind of help out or, or show that you are aware of what's happening, kind of show some support. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you know, hashtag NSARS to just bring more attention to this topic right now. Um, the protests have garnered support from the Nigerian celebrities, uh, Nigerians in the diaspora, and even inter international stars such as John Boyega, uh, Masoud Ozil, Kanye West, and Cardi B. The protests could be said to fit neatly into the ongoing global campaign against police brutality, especially against black people. Well, this is interesting um, because this is, an, this is an African country, and, you know, uh, mainly a ton of black people there and they're dealing with a high high degree of police brutality so it's not just happening in you know the North American um, reasons uh, one could even argue that the restrictive context of the COVID-19 pandemic contributed to tensions behind the sudden civil eruption civil sorry whatever the case one thing is sure Nigerians have been driven up the wall by an autocratic political system disguised as a liberal democracy so they don't really have real democracy in Nigeria, and I can understand how that is uh, as I go forward um, talking about what's happening here. Um, so, as a unit of the Nigeria Police Force, SARS was set up in 1992 to stem armed robbery, car snatching, and kidnapping. It appears to have metamorphosized to a uh, pernicious force called out by Amnesty International as early as 2016. Uh, in fact, the NSARS hashtag had been in circulation since at least 2017, and the Nigerian government has reportedly disbanded and reinstated SARS four times in the past four years. So this is not new. This isn't the first time we're hearing about it. Apparently, SARS has been active for about four years, maybe longer, you know, uh, based on information that's um, been documented. There might not have been documented information on how how um, active they were before that, but uh, you know, amid fury at SARS brutality and killings, protesters and online accounts also accused the police unit of unfairly profiling young Nigerians, especially those who use iPhones, drive luxury cars, and wear brands such as Nike or Adidas. So then you hear that and you think this is sounding pretty ridiculous, right? How would you? I mean, being in a place where you get. Uh, profiled and brutalized for wearing brands for driving a nice car for using an iphone um yeah this is this is not stuff that should be happening to people for any reason uh the squad is also accused of having maltreated young people with piercings tattoos and dreadlocks in other words uh nigerian youths once scornfully referred to as lazy by the nation's president and we're going to talk about him are at the forefront of the nsars revolution precisely because they are commonly the, the main target of SARS violence. So, I'm going to switch articles here real quick. And sorry guys, you know, if this is like disjointed, because I'm going to be going back and forth between uh, um, different bits of information here. And the president I mentioned him, what is his name? President... Uh, let me say this correctly. I'm going to slow it down because I don't want to mess anything up here. Uh, Muhammadu 
Buhari, President Muhammadu Buhari, age 77. So he's the one who in the past described Nigerian youth as lazy to an international audience, recently advised uh, who's an economic child, livelihoods had been wiped out by the coronavirus lockdown to go into farming as they are able-bodied. So what this is saying basically is his, um, his whole goal, he wants the youth to be more interested in going into farming and trying to help the nation out as opposed to uh, wanting to pursue their own individual goals and he sees them as lazy because they want to pursue individual freedoms and stuff rather than um, kind of sacrifice for the country. Um, so here's a question asking, why is SARS so hated? Um, police officers in Nigeria generally have a reputation for corruption, brutality, and little regard for human rights. So you could say that, you know, we're very lucky to be here in North America, whether you live in the States or Canada, you know, it's certainly better, I think, to be able to have that freedom to not worry about um, your human rights, you know, being corrupted against um, just for having nice things or having a car, you know, owning an iPhone, using an iPhone, wearing brand name clothing. Um, yeah, those aren't things that happen to people in North America. You might get beat up in the States for having nice stuff, but um, the police certainly wouldn't come after you. Um, but here, people have especially strong feelings against SARS, which has developed a notoriety for unduly profiling young people. We're going to explain why. A report in June by Amnesty International said it documented at least 82 cases of torture, ill treatment, and extrajudicial execution by SARS between January 2017 and May 2020. And I'm sure there's more because um, there's always, you know, uh, documents that aren't reported on, papers get uh, lost and things go missing, and, and just the number of times that uh, events don't get documented at all, right? Nobody says anything, so I'm sure that the, the number 82 is actually higher. <clears throat> so, the Nigerian authorities have failed to prosecute a single officer. No officer has been prosecuted, you know, in the North American uh, district where, you know, at least in the, like it, it might be hard it might take a lot of effort, whether you're in Canada or the States, if you see a police officer um, conducting uh, brutally or going against, you know, the people, um, violating his, his uh, duties, his rights, things like this. Basically, um, it's difficult to get that officer um, prosecuted, to get him or her jailed, to get their um, status taken away as an officer, but it does happen. And, you know, you don't hear about here having no officer ever being prosecuted for their own crimes, you know. Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, despite anti-torture legislation passed in 2017 and evidence that the uh, Nigerian authorities' members continue to use torture and other ill treatment to execute, punish, and extract information from suspects, the group said, perceived suspects because they don't really know at that time if they're suspects yet. Um, so here, what I wanted to read, the another point just kind of um, backing up the other article. It says that those considered flashy or well-to-do anything from having a nice car to a laptop or those with tattoos or dreadlocks attracted the attention of uh, SARS officers. The profiling of young Nigerians runs deep in society. 
and young people who are well off and whose lifestyle does not conform to the norms in this conservative country are often labeled uh, Yahoo boys, a slang term for internet scammers. And I think people might be kind of um, kind of familiar with that a little bit. I don't have information about that in front of me, but I'm going to try and kind of um, explain what I think Yahoo Boys is, what the definition of it, uh, I think, is, you know, if people have ever heard about the online scammers who try to, um, who the, you know, they get on different dating apps and social media apps, they'll link up with, with people and then start talking to different women, usually older women who um, they might be single, divorced, stuff like that. Because when you hear about these stories, right, different women or, or even men sometimes, people who um, lose enormous sums of money, they sent money online and it was to a bunch of scammers. They thought that they were uh, going to be in love. Those kinds of stories, I think that's where, where this comes from because there is a problem with uh, scamming and, and money changing hands between uh, you know these countries and people who get online to pose as different people and pose as women you know for men over here poses men for women over here promising them love and different things and they send all their you know life savings away that's that's where yahoo boys comes from uh this is this is especially true of those who work with laptops so anybody if you, you know you're walking out on the streets of nigeria you're 18 and 24 and you have a macbook in your hand it's not going to be a good day for you. Um, while there are accounts of neighbors who have called security officials on young people who work from home, um, quote, my estate once called police officers to come pick me up because I was always at home and turning the generator on and living well. Uh, a man named Bright Eshefu, a 22-year-old website developer who joined the protest in Abuja, Abuja told the BBC. So he... I mean, in his terms, I mean, he's living well, right? He has his own place, it sounds like. And he had a generator, basically meaning he had his heat at night and he might have had AC during the day. So in their terms, he's living pretty good. And um, if they don't like that, they're going to call the the SARS officers on you because they think you might be making money illegally. Or I mean, that's really unfortunate, right? You can't um, imagine not being able to succeed or to strive for success in your home country, right? They're telling you, if you do too good, the police are going to come after you because they think that, you know, maybe some people might be jealous. They think you shouldn't be doing this good. Maybe some people might be thinking that you're making money a different way. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> For a long time, tattoos, dreadlocks, and piercings, or choosing non-conventional career paths have been associated with irresponsibility in some families, religious organizations, communities, and even schools. So I think this sounds like... Um, I mean, I don't want to say communist, but it, it definitely definitely doesn't sound like there's any democracy there or a liberal democracy. It sounds like they try and um, disguise it, like it says, as a democracy. But there's, you know, there's nothing, no, no characteristics of democracy. It sounds like socialism, communism. They want people to choose certain career paths. They don't want them to be looking a certain way. No tattoos, no dreadlocks, no piercings. Um, and if you are well off, if you're wealthy or if you're doing good for yourself, um, that's not going to last forever. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, and then it says next that some of it has come from the top. You know, how did, a guy asks, how does having a tattoo on, on my arm make me a criminal? Asked uh, Joy Ulo, an undergraduate at a protest. And there are other things that they're protesting about because um, 
uh, the students, we're going to get into the students. This is important. Uh, organic protest. Although there is some level of organization, the people who appear to be coordinating the action on social media do not want to be identified as leaders. They have been able to pull together everything from water, food, and banners to arranging bail for those arrested. And I'm pretty sure they freed the, most of the protesters a couple of days ago. Money has been raised through crowdsourcing. Some of the donations have come from abroad, most from Nigerian IT firm, firms whose staff are easy targets of profiling by security professional, uh, personnel. So they're getting money from IT firms who the staff are putting themselves at risk because they could be profiled by other security personnel. I mean, this is crazy. Anybody who even decides to help in the country is putting themselves at risk if they have money and they want to you know, pay a little, a little forward. <clears throat> um, the un unofficial coordinators have refused to select leaders for their movement, saying they do not want anyone negotiating with the government behind their backs. A not-so-subtle jab at the country's labor unions who have a reputation for calling off planned strikes after meeting government officials. So I guess in the past, they've had organizations come and say, okay, we're going to organize the protest for you. And then they meet with the government and then nothing actually happens. Um, but in truth, most of the success of the protest has been down to celebrities and social media influencers, the new age stars made by Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. <laughs> so there's the positive, positive side of social media. Um, the demonstration on the streets gathered momentum last Wednesday. Um, so this is last Wednesday from the 15th and were further boasted, boosted Sorry, on Thursday after musicians run town and falls stepped in. Uh, but the real energy was in injected later that day when a woman named Renu galvanized other protesters to spend the night outside government house in Lagos. Uh, and then after it has a post saying that all the protesters have been released. So this is what it took for them to, you know, get their uh, protesters released from jail who had been captured. And now they're still protesting. Protesters have also chased away traditional media reporters at protest venues, accusing them of censoring news about the NSARS campaign and giving a different narrative to those who are not online. So basically, you're, you're going to have to go look for the real information on social media. Go look for the independent um, content producers who are putting this out, because if you look at the I mean, I don't even know if any big news media companies are talking about NSARS, if that's anywhere on the uh, news networks right now. I don't think I've heard anything about it, so that will tell you something. Uh, this is an anti-establishment struggle. Uh, Mr. Shefu said, you were either for us or against us, no middle ground. So he's pretty clear when he's speaking there. So those who, there are those who feel that this is the beginning of something special in Nigeria in the month that the country marked the 60th anniversary of its independence. I hope so. I hope that they get the, the help that they find the um, solution that they want. More than 60% of Nigeria's population are less than 24 years old, according to UN population figures. But this group has long been accused of having time for frivolities, reality TV, football, and social media, rather than paying attention to governance. Um, I mean, my only response to that is that, you know, these are young people young people who are right the, what's the message to most young people these days that we um 
you know, we get to decide and choose that we should think for ourselves, use our minds to to go for whatever we want. You know, there shouldn't be um, people trying to funnel you into a certain sector or into a certain place, trying to have you focused on things that aren't really important to you or to the whole youth and, you know, as a group. Um, or or the, the importance, of, I think, depending on where you live or where you come from, your political interest or your attention to government is going to depend on what the government is really doing in your life. So these these youth down in Nigeria, they've been accused of not paying attention to governance. And I think that um, what the truth really is, is that they obviously, I mean, they must pay a lot of attention to governance because they've been asking for change for a long time. And they have a president who doesn't listen to their demands, um, doesn't care about their needs, their wants. And he thinks that the youth are lazy. Uh, says you're right. They think that they are more concerned with reality TV, football, and social media. I mean, these are things that youth care about, right? These are things that make living a youthful life uh, enjoyable and fun. And the fact that they're trying to take that away and, and penalize them for being youths is um, shocking. <laughs> it is a line that many of them have heard repeatedly from the older generation but having forced the president to disband SARS and appear on live TV to announce it, uh, young Nigerians would have now realized the power they have. And I think that they're starting to see the power that they have because, you know, everybody says the power is with the youth. If the youth um, believe something, if they um, put their voice behind something, they usually get what they want. That's why, um, and I'm going to break away a little from, from the topic here you know, talking about big media, social media, things like this, um, with the election coming up in the U.S., they know, right, that uh, the youth are really the biggest um, demographic group that they're trying to target with uh, any type of propaganda, any type of um, messages, slogans, you know, they want the young people to come out and vote, but to vote Democrat, right, to vote their way. So, you know, people just got to realize that um, there's messages out here being put out. And, um, you know, in most places, the youth aren't uh, feeding into it. They're speaking with their own voice. They're banding together and trying to have what they want in terms of uh, a youthful life. Uh, so this guy says, quote, he says, uh, he's speaking to his fellow Nigerian youth. He says, my people, I uh, want this message to go out to every Nigerian youth. Your voice has been heard, said Wizkid at Sunday's protest in London. So sorry, that's Wizkid. Don't let anyone tell you you don't have a voice. You all have a voice and don't be scared to speak up. Next election, 2023, is when the next Nigerian election is coming. Uh, we show real power. So their election is um, three years out, about maybe two and a couple months. Um, and already they're trying to organize and get the youth so this shows right everybody knows that the youth are the most powerful um force politically or you know whether you want to have something changed in a country and that's who they're targeting you know sorry guys let me just get i'm trying to find something i wanted to read here So part of this says, you know, to be modern 
is not a crime. And that's pretty much what they're, what they're being criminalized for. You know, why is it so important that Nigerian youths claim their right to be modern? What and whose modernity are they alluding to? These questions may seem peripheral in the face of the daily lived violence young Nigerians are subjected to, but they are in the long run important. The demand for the decriminalization of modern sensibilities and the protest is not necessarily a demand for uh, periodized modernity, because by many standards, Nigeria is a modern country. Also, it is not that SARS is a pre-modern in its operation, but rather that it is anti-modern in its persuasions. Hence, the expression of the will for modernity in the context of the protest is an ideological and ontological quest for freedom, rationalism, professionalism, and representative democracy, as well as a rejection of tradition. And that was a mouthful, so if people don't understand that, um, what they basically want, um, they want to move away from traditionalism, and they're, you know, wanting the government to care about what they care about in terms of, you know, big ideas, um, freedoms, rationalism, professionalism, and caring about the youth. Now, here's a girl with a placard saying, iPhones, laptops, styled hair, and living fresh isn't a crime so this is this is what they're being penalized for these youth are trying to live you know as they should as they should be allowed right just as, as young people deciding for themselves being free and and um exploring their personalities as we get to do over here in north america because we don't suffer anything um this bad like you know, i just feel bad for the youth i mean i, I hope that people really pay attention to this that they come together and bring attention to uh, the youth in Nigeria. I mean, there's youth everywhere, right? Suffering, and you know, I know I gotta make a lot of episodes on more of the African countries that are all going through things right now. But I think that this one was something that I just wanted to talk about to bring attention to what's happening, why is it happening, who is being targeted, and uh, how can you help? How can you help? That's important. One second. Here, here are some things that I want to to kind of just speak to, to read to you guys, so then you can understand, like, you know, the importance of, of the youth, the importance of what they're trying to do. Um, so it says here, uh, you're in you're in dangerous territory in Nigeria if you try to establish with ethnic or religious groups has the biggest population as it brings to the fore a multitude of rivalries and tensions over money as the larger a state's population, the greater their budget allocated by the central government. So the larger a state's population, the greater their budget allocated by the central government. Um, yet there is no denying that Nigeria's population is growing at a dizzying speed. By 2047, it will have overtaken the U.S. to become the world's third largest nation with 387 million people, according to UN projections. Holy shit. Yeah. It is also a very young nation with more than 40% of the population of 196 million under the age of 14. Very young nation. And young people are set to play a huge role in this election with more than half of registered voters under the age of 35. So the government knows this. They know it. They have power coming. And I think... Uh, this is going to change, you know, the landscape of their lives for the next 10 to 20 years. Like, 
Uh, the huge growth presents an opportunity for the country with its entrepreneurial spirit as it could, in theory, take advantage of the economic dividend that a young dynamic population can bring. So because they have a lot of young people, um, their effectiveness and being able to uh, take hold of, you know, economic pursuits or I guess uh, economic um, advances over other countries will be better faster like compare um nigeria nigeria right now to uh canada in which i think the numbers are skewed way different where we all have like you know we have quite an older population here quite a you know a big elderly population as opposed to them having a big um youth population this is especially true as the workforce in more developed nations is getting older so basically what I just explained. So um, in Canada and the United States and all these other places, we're, we're aging in terms of, um, of a workforce and generations and stuff like that. Like not enough people are being born and the baby boomers are all dying. So it's, um, it's a delicate situation. But for Nigeria, they're going to be looking at a boom situation right there. They're looking at prosperity for a while because they have a lot of youth and they have youth that can work for a long time. <laughs> uh, but it's all, it is also a challenge for policymakers. Um, so young graduates can frequently be heard complaining that there are not enough high-quality jobs available, and many speak about hoping to leave the country. So if you live in a place where the country isn't providing uh, enough opportunities or it has problems providing opportunities because maybe there are um, too many young people, uh, I guess, you know, you're going to have the issue where a lot of young people want to leave. Of course they want to leave. Of course they want to see what's, you know, what they, the, the world can offer them, what they can get in terms of their intelligence and what they've, you know, taken time to amass and the work that they've done. Um, you know, this is something that I hope that a lot of these youth do get to leave and pursue their own dreams and goals and that you know part of the SARS or the SWAT or whatever is happening there that this isn't like an effort to try and keep the youth in the country to try and scare them into staying and forcing them to work certain jobs I mean that's just uh it's not right and here's something uh just something else that they're also kind of dealing with in Nigeria um So it says that they have lots of oil, little electricity. Um, some would argue that the real soundtrack of Nigeria is not Afro beats, but the den of diesel generators, as most Nigerians, even if they are connected to main electricity, have to rely on them because power cuts are common. Some areas can go without power for weeks. Uh, this is despite the fact that Nigeria is Africa's largest oil producer currently pumps out around 2 million barrels a day. The tax revenue the government receives from the industry and the foreign exchange it gets from its export are vital to the economy. So it exports a lot of its oil. Though many Nigerians would be quick to remind you that much of its oil wealth has been squandered over the years. At one stage, Nigerians used to joke that the old state-run power provider uh, NEPA, N-E-P-A, stood for never expect power always. <laughs> Um, that's just sad, man. I feel like that they they can't even expect to have power all the time. Like 
In a bid to overhaul the industry, the state firm was split up and privatized, a process that was completely uh, that was completed in November 2013. Yet complaints about unfair billing and blackouts remain consistent. So, when the company decides to privatize, it doesn't mean that the rates are going to get better or that they're going to stop providing blackouts for people. It's probably going to be worse. And I, I mean, that's just terrible. Electricity production has steadily increased since 2000, but it has struggled to keep up with population growth. According to the International Energy Agency, electricity supply per Nigerian has barely changed since 2005 because the population has grown in that time by approximately 57 million, which is the current population of South Africa. So let me read that again. Electricity production has steadily increased since 2000, but it has struggled to keep up with population growth, according to the International Energy Agency. Uh, electricity supply per Nigerian has barely changed since 2005 because the population has grown in that time by approximately 57 million people. So, 15 years, they've, they've grown over 50 million people. Uh, just more than half of all Nigerian homes have main electricity, but there is a big urban-rural divide more than four out of every five homes in towns and cities have uh, mains power, while only a third of homes in the countryside do, according to the National Bureau of Statistics. As well as being the continent's largest oil, uh, oil producer, it is also its largest economy, but its power problems have hampered growth. So they're dealing with power issues, they're dealing with, you know, overpopulation a little bit. You know, the country's growing steadily, crazy fast. And, you know, a large number of them coming out of there are, are the youth. But, um, you know, these are these are big issues. I mean, you know, I think that it's getting away from from SARS a little bit. You know, what the focus of the episode is, is to try bring attention to, to SARS, um, to trying to just support the Nigerian youth in their protest and trying to, I guess, not disband SWAT now, but to just um, put an end to the whole organization as a whole. There was another article here that I might read talking about uh, university. I mean, this is from last year, so I don't know if it really um, uh, relates now, but it was just speaking about <clears throat> the struggles that different Nigerian youths have um, with the universities and different uh, schools not getting funding and, and different students not, you know, having opportunities or not knowing what they're going to uh, do after they're done or where they're going to get a job. Um, yeah, a lot of struggles. Um, last thing I wanted to get into basically was just how people can help if they're interested in, in assisting with this problem where you can go to um, to help out what you can do to help out if you're interested in helping out as I get the page to load up here. So it says you can volunteer your time and skills. This is a big one because um, due to, you know, social media and being able to connect pretty much instantaneously um, anybody who can get online and kind of connect with uh, the country or connect with, you know, the youth in the country can try and 
offer their skills or talents. And yeah, like I said, the, uh, the government responded and it disbanded SARS and they replaced it with a new tactical team known as Special Weapons and Tactics. So now it's called SWAT instead of SARS, but it's still doing the same thing. Still going after the youth. Uh, it has not ended the heavy-handed policing as at least 10 people have been killed by the country's police during protests. So, as I was saying, you can volunteer your time and skills uh, from the nationwide protests to others hosted by diaspora communities in the UK, Germany, Canada. Uh, the movement has been sustained by many individuals volunteering their time and services while working in unison. So far, emergency medical teams, pro bono lawyers, and mental health support have been provided on ground to help protesters as needed. As of Wednesday, the volunteer legal team have assisted in securing the release of more than 80 protesters detained by the police for partaking in the ongoing demonstrations. Uh, mental health organization, Mentally Aware, created panic cards to help protesters who might get panic attacks as a result of protests. More medical assistance are also available on ground through emergency ambulances, physiotherapists, and mental therapy. Um, businesses in the catering uh, sector and private individuals have provided full meals, snacks, and water to keep protesters at all points in the country sustained as they call on the government to reform the police and end SARS. Private individuals have also donated water and food parcels to the protest sites. Volunteers in the technology sector set up an auto-messaging platform to call the attention of senators to the needs of protesters. That's a good one. Uh, and to ensure the safety of the demonstrators, some of whom have been attacked despite the movement being peaceful. Uh, police brutality report form is set up so they can report on different police brutality. And I hope that things actually happen uh, because of that. And then stay informed and speak out. Though through the original uh, NSARS hashtag, Nigerians on social media have been able to call the attention of the world to what is going on in the West African country. Many hashtag variations of the same message to end police brutality have trended daily for the past one week thanks to the people pushing the message non-stop online. So keep hashtagging NSARS. Uh, this explainer video detailing everything about the NSARS movement broadcast templates for easy dissemination on instant messaging apps like WhatsApp and a flyer showing the five requests activists want to see met are some ways to get a head start on sharing what is going on across all social media platforms. So as a website was put in place to document accounts of the Nigerian youth's brutal experiences at the hands of the police, flyers in several local languages have also been created, all in a bit to shine more light on the plight of young Nigerians and get information flowing as free as possible. And to keep these online protests alive, free internet data is being provided to keep online protesters connected. And here, I think this is going to talk about how um, we can help, you know, donating funds, joining prayer walks. <clears throat> um, so crowdfunding options have been set up to provide food, health and legal services, security and other assistance to protesters. At the forefront of this is the Feminist Coalition, who have raised so far nearly 70 million naira, around $180,000, and other currencies including Bitcoin. Uh, for accountability, the organizers have been transparent and inform them, informing the public about how the funds donated are being used to help demonstrators daily. I thought this was going to have uh, a way for, for people to come and help them out.
Yes. So I found uh, there's a couple actually. Um, a lot of GoFundMe's for the Ansars. You know, um, I found one here by a gentleman. I'm not even gonna try and say his name, but there's a couple of them, all being organized by different Nigerian youth. Um, and they talk about, you know, the special anti-robbery squad was put in place in 2011 as part of the Nigerian Police Force Unit. Its goal was to protect civilians from armed robberies, other violent crimes, and internet fraud, but instead, they're doing the very things they were created to put an end to. Extortion, harassment, rape, torture, and blackmailing are among some of the disheartening things that they're perpetuating among their own people. They profile the youth of Nigeria with nice cars, clothes, latest technology, etc., assuming that they partake in fraud and engage in crime and that they are able to do it because they have been given authorized power by the government so yeah these people need help and you can donate to any one of these um uh, gofundmes you can go go online um hashtag the nsars and keep sharing it keep bringing uh bringing attention to it and i guess um at the end of the day just care i guess i mean you know i'm asking a lot on people because there's a lot of of things happening in the world right now with coronavirus and many areas of the world that need help and uh all we can do i guess is to keep um remembering that uh different people different groups of people just need you know a little shout out some support for you to think about them in the day to share a post to like a post um to tell somebody about what's happening somewhere and you know being in areas like this that's really as, as much as we can do and I think uh, that's where I'm going to leave it guys I've been talking for over 40 minutes on on the same thing about SARS and uh, one of my goals was to kind of try and um, shorten down the videos or podcast a little bit the episodes and um, that's going to be something that maybe I incorporate in my planning in the coming weeks I've got a lot you know happening with this and yeah we're going to try and get out quality you know more interesting topics for you guys and and uh i wouldn't want to say interesting in this sense but just the stuff that's important bringing attention to stuff that i think is important that i think other people would think is important you know and um there's a lot of different groups that just need some some shout outs right now you know some attention to their cause and uh yeah that's about it i wish people uh, a good day a good tuesday Again, it's October 20th, 2020. It's a fine afternoon. Despite the fact that we've had a little snow, it's going to snow like hell tomorrow, 80% chance. So uh, if you're seeing that on the weather app, prepare yourself, get your uh, boots, get your, you know, your different little snow gear, get your vehicle ready and um, try and have a good day tomorrow as well. Keep your head up. And yeah, we're floating, always floating on Marsha UFO. And thank you for joining me here today. Take care. Thank you.